Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Good morning, gardening friends. We are actually here, uh, Faye and Ray and the team. We have Bed Daring on the phones and we have the taskmaster, John Glidden, also standing by, ready to assist. And a big shout out to Chris Bartlett for always his lively breakfast program. And also a huge thanks for filling in for me last Saturday, Chris Bartlett. We appreciated that very much. And Chris today was assisted by the very capable Yvonne Hill. Cycling DJ Jim Crine and wrapped up the Brecky Show with his cycling report and he returns at 10am with the classic 70s. Fayakaro, we're back. You've had two weeks away. I you have. You must be feeling pretty good. Well, I've spent quite a oh. bit of time in the garden this week, so I feel great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Ray. Thank you. We that cannot, was a week ago. I know. We cannot let it go unsaid, though. Okay, Big, I've got... This gorgeous card I just found on my desk from Kerry and Frank Cherry. They sent me a beautiful card and there was a little piece that my dad put in the paper, you know, which embarrassed me no end. Uh, but anyway, they've, they've actually cut that out and clipped it into the card and uh, they sent me a, a, a lovely message. So Kerry and Frank, they say that they listen every week. Thank you guys for being so thoughtful. It's a beautiful card too and I really, really appreciate that thank you so so much oh that is lovely well i hope you had a, a wonderful day because it was your am i allowed to say yes i'm your 60. Big 60 and yes. what did what did you do ray well i went away for a few days i i, I ran away yeah and I know. Uh, had a beautiful lunch and had a really nice time and of course my partner's birthday is on the 18th you see so it's a it's double celebration double or triple celebration uh actually but uh we had a really lovely time and it was just nice to get away for a few days no well, don't i'm not okay. going there i'm not going there so we just had uh, a really pleasant few days away oh yeah, lovely in, well in a i'm beautiful glad part of the world and uh, hope to do something more formal uh holiday wise probably hopefully around october ish yeah i've had a few health issues so i didn't want to go too far I didn't want to go too far. That's the reality. Yeah, so, but it was Fair really, enough. really nice. Yeah, thank you. So you were spoiled, I hope? Very spoiled, yes, yes. And uh, I actually had a lunch yesterday with the folks as well as a catch-up. So it's been a bit of a um, blur. It's just been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, it just, it's just gone. And it will be continued go, because it will be we, continued. the garden team, want to uh, do something with you. Of course, you. we shall. We shall. And it's a year of being 60. It's not just oh, a day no, or we'll a just, week. We'll just drag that on for <laughs> to your 60th because that's coming up in October, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And look, our rainfall at the moment, 74.6 is the total so far for August. Our average is 123.8. I really don't think we're going to get there between now and the end of the month. Mm, it's well, quite you know, it, it feels like spring has arrived, but you know full well we that spring pretty, bounces pretty... around and we're <laughs> bound to get another 
burst of winter. Without without doubt. I have mm. absolutely no doubt. So we have a nice show lined up for everyone this morning. Of course, it's that time of the year. We are talking springtime at Aralorn. <gasps> yes. From the 18th of the th- to the 30th of August. Tulips, camellias, rhododendrons. And so on. We're chatting with Susie Paravicini. She's the general manager at Araluan Botanic Park. Chatting to her uh, very soon, 20 past eight. And we've also got a chook expert uh, that we're talking to at five past nine, Megan Smith. We're talking chickens. So people love their chickens. Well, there's so many reasons to love Mm. a good chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to be having a chat with Megan uh, about chicken care and uh, what you need to know and uh, the requirements that are required by yourself and for your chickens as well. So it'll be an interesting chat. So tune in for and that. And I thought we might make this the first of a series. Of and chicken then we, chats. <laughs> chicken chats, yes. Well, we could sort of carry it on uh, because if we cover the basics today, we could lead on to food that you can grow for your chickens which is quite a subject in itself and I'm talking about mealworms and soldier fly larvae Uh, and then there's also other types of small livestock that you could possibly keep in the backyard there's quails and rabbits and ducks definitely so we could make a a little series and John could link them all together that would be nice yeah I've seen Mm. people with having quails and things so I guess you have to clear this all with your local council as to what you can and well, can't do. Well, some of it you do, not all of it. Not all of it. You can anyone can have a rabbit. Really, I think you know common sense prevails. Always mm. check with your local council. Yeah. But you know, if you do use your common sense, then that's that's the first point of call. You've got to maintain hygiene you don't want a a smelly stinky environment that breeds flies if you do it well and follow good animal husbandry uh, techniques you you shouldn't have any problems that's a good word animal Mm. husbandry Mm. I like that well it's so important because when I was talking to Megan yesterday we we all have reasons for wanting to keep chickens and Mm. I'm looking into it again at the moment not to mention the price of eggs well that's exactly right but it's a life skill we can learn well not just we as adults but children can learn about the life cycle Honestly, we have got a, a real job to do educating the, the coming generations because, let's face it, life isn't as simple as what it was when we were growing up. No, and sadly. things things are changing, but, you know, it's fantastic grounding. And, mm. yes, let's learn more. And we, we do learn more. There's mm. more opportunities available to us. And the information... Oh, my goodness, it's so easily available at your fingertips now, isn't it? And animals and gardening do go hand in hand. Yeah. There's there's lots of crossovers and benefits. It's all in the same realm. And, mm. and feeding us. Yeah, yeah, as well. It's a whole cycle. It's the closed loop, Ray. <laughs> You've thought about this very, mm, very intensely. A lot. Let's Talk Gardening is sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when buying six bags or more. Search Garden in a Bag. Okay, we encourage your calls on 94841927. Big shout out to Linda and Paul uh, from Green Life Soil Co who were in the chair for you last week with Chris and uh, great show, I believe. It it was a a great show. Very informative. I enjoyed listening. They had Tilo Kruger on and they were talking about the Drosseras 
and they also had Luke from Retic Ren- Renovation well, about lawns. A, I did that with Andrea. Oh, so you've okay. been away for two weeks, love. I yeah, know, yeah, I have. Yeah. Get your head together. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I did the drosserers with. Uh, yeah. So mm. they did talk about the lawns, and I'm trying to think of the other chat that they had. But I, I dare to say I wasn't listening last Saturday. Yeah, that's sorry okay. About, you, sorry about you're fully that. excused. You're I entitled was. to a day off, Ray. Yeah, we are. All right, we've got some emails to get through and you've got some other information you obviously want to share. Yes, well, I thought it was a good time before we really get cranking. Uh, there's, It's that time of year where the events are kicking off, they Ray. Are. They are. And um, I'll start with what's on this weekend, folks. So the Southeastern Orchid Society of WA have an orchid championship and uh, it's all on at the Cannington Exhibition Hall Today and tomorrow, today is 9 to 4, tomorrow is 9 to 3. There are orchids, bonsai, cactus and succulents, African violets, ferns and much more. Now that's on the corner of Canning Highway, no, corner of Albany Highway and Station Street in Cannington. So a a lot of our uh, familiar faces will be out there. I know John's out there with his ferns and lots of orchids on display and they are just looking amazing at the moment. His ferns. Well, his his ferns are always amazing. But the orchids, the flowering yeah. that's kicked off, I've got a symbidium with five or six sprays of flowers on it. It's looking oh, stunning. Mm. I have a dendrobium that's mm. bursting with life. Mm. And phalaenopsis, which are coming back yeah. with buds. Starting so. to. Mm. Yeah. So sorry, where is that? That's at the Cannington Exhibition Hall. On this weekend. Mm. And then Open Gardens WA, they have an, a members event on today and tomorrow, a trio of artists and two gardens. Tickets are no longer available, but I did want to mention it. Their first garden is kicking off in a few weeks, so yeah. we will talk more about that later. And the Garden Societies and Plant Fair is on the 9th and 10th of September. But next weekend, the Calamunda Garden Festival is on again at Sturt Park. And this year they've got, uh, this season, they've got Phil Dudman and Millie Ross coming over. They have a plant crash. All of our favourite plants people will be there. So you can get yourself a trolley, put your plants in the crash, and when it's time to go, drive up, load them. them up. And yeah, you don't have to take them around with you all day. But great speakers. If you buy your tickets online, you can actually go into a draw to have a private tour of Trevor's Garden. There are six double passes to give away. Being Trevor Cochran. Mm. Yes. And you're speaking? I am speaking and I will be in the Tony and Sons Marquee uh, running, emceeing the event for the day. Okay, as well as, as well. speaking. Is mm. that the same marquee as you were in last time? Yes, okay, I, like, I, I feel very comfortable there. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm talking about fascinating fungi, right? Okay. And I'll slip in a bit of slime mould as well because of inevitably course. when you're on a fungi foray, you are very likely to see the slippery slime mould. And Karina is... In Estonia, Karina Knight, She's who there. we had on the show, yeah. so she is putting Western Australian slime moulds on the world stage. I feel very proud. Yes. So yes. she has found a new one um, that is yet to be described, and I look forward to hearing more about that. But when does she yeah, return? 
Uh, she's then travelling Europe, so it won't be for a little oh, while. Okay, yet. of course, of course. Why but wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? We look forward to right hearing uh, how she went because slime molds in Western Australia are relatively unstudied. Yeah. There's only you know, no more than half a dozen people who've done work on Which them. Which surprised me. And they're different to what they're finding in the Northern Hemisphere. They may be the same, but they have differences. Yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, there's. it's just so interesting, so fascinating. And they're part, they're part of the loop. They're so, not... Yeah, and so that's your chat come on at the Kalamunda Festival? Well, fascinated by fungi. Fascinated so it's, by fungi, okay. You know, the, the mushrooms that we find... Not the ones that we grow to eat, uh, ones that are just popping up naturally and what they're doing in the bushland, why they're there. And when you, you often find fungi, sometimes you'll find something even smaller that's, you know, it looks a bit different. And that's what initially I thought they were, but mm. turns out they're slime mold and then whoops, into that next rabbit hole. Mm. And out comes the microscope and exploring mm. the life stages mm. and... All their fascinating little features. And uh, John has spoiled us all this morning. He brought us all in a pair of gardening gloves. Aren't they gorgeous, With Ray? little bees all over them. <laughs> Very cute. I'm going to uh, them take too. them for a run this afternoon around the garden. I Got think so more too, work I to keep do. cutting myself. And Bev brought me in a beautiful bouquet of orchids out there. Have I you seen saw that? Stunning. I know, so I am spoiled rotten and they're absolutely stunning. I think they might find their way... Mm, maybe even into my bedroom, actually, because so, mm. I have the heating on in the house, so I don't want them being affected. But uh, So is your house full of flowers right now? Uh, no, not really. No, not really, because I was away. I did, actually, I received uh, a beautiful orchid from a friend, and uh, that's that's sort of sitting there. But my house is filled with uh, plants. Mm. Yeah, so It's going to be filled with a bit more after today. It will, because you've mm. got stuff in your car, haven't you? Mm. Yeah, I know. I know. So <laughs> we, we get up to mist, all sorts of mischief, listeners, behind uh, the scenes. Yeah, so what's and, happening? And continuing. In, so what's happening in the gardens? Well, everything's looking, starting to turn, I think. Uh, oh. We've still got a little ways to go. Mm. We've still got a little ways to go. And things are just starting to come come alive. I've got, actually, I made a little list of things that are starting to flower. Oh, go and for mean, it. My, my ranunculus are starting to pop up. Uh, freesias are just To open. flower? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, Mine are behind. And my little soldier boys. Yes. Yes, and salvias are flowering. And the flowers on bromeliads, of course. You would mm. have that as well. And I've had a lot of potted colour, and that's just starting to really lift now. And I've got sort of basic things too, like there's I've got a pot of dog's bane, which, of course, is very toxic, listeners. Be aware of that, but it's also a very beautiful plant. I keep it in a uh, pot, uh, but a beautiful uh, salvia-like purple flower. Mm. That's doing well. The geraniums are doing beautifully, and my crab apple is just starting to flower, and my... My peach, my weeping peach tree is getting ready to burst as well. And Calanchoes, did I mention those? Yeah, they're just starting to open up. There's a lot. I just had a little whip around yesterday and, uh, yeah, and there's more. As you were saying, your roses are already... Mm, Yes, I I pruned, I started off well and I only got three done Mm. and the prunings are still laying on the pathway waiting for me to get back there. But in the meantime... 
they've put on all this new growth yeah. when I wasn't looking. And yes, here's my first bud this morning, and it, it looks, looks so stunning. beautiful. It's and perfection. It, and the plants are looking healthy, Ray. So all I'm going to do now with the the bushes is just take off the daggy leaves, reduce the ones that are you know six foot high, just back yeah. down to shape, and feed them again them and let be. them go. Let them but I, I got sidetracked because the weeds are going for gold mm. and I've just spent many hours this week pulling weeds before they seed. It's so important to get them out. And, you know, you might not just pull them out. You might mow over them. You might mulch over them. Whatever you do, stop them going to seed. Mm. Um, and a... <laughs> I had a two-year-old with me the other day, so I walked around the garden following her and I, I had my hoe with me. So I just ran this Dutch hoe under the surface of the soil, cut off the roots and the top and, you know, mm. a bit here and a bit there. Mm. It all helps. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, tremendous. Do tremendous what you can. Job. No, I've been following you on Facebook and uh, it's been an absolute huge job. And this is the difference between, I guess, having a suburban backyard and being on a property. Mm. Cannot compare them, and so and on now the, level, the level of work that you have to do is, you know, yeah, it's way not for beyond. the faint-hearted. It is not. I was thinking that as well. Okay, we could do with a call nine four eight four one nine two seven. When we return, we're going to be chatting with Susie Paravicini, the general manager of Arrow Lewin Botanic Park. Curtain Radio in and it's gardening time. You're with Ray and Faye. It's 24 minutes after eight. And as promised, we have Susie Paravicini online. Now, she's the general manager of Araluan Botanic Park. And, of course, it's uh, we're celebrating tulips. And this is the most perfect time of the year. Susie, how are you? You're with Ray and Faye. Hi, Faye. Hi, Ray. I'm fantastic. What about yourself? Oh, yeah, good. We're very loving, good. Loving this little bit of weather, this burst that we're having. I think everybody is. Yeah. Yes. We we had such a long wet winter. We were all a bit over that and out cold. here as well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It is cool. I mean, it's always fresh up at Rolling Stone in the hills, yes. but it's glorious. The fresh air, the oh. you know, the green, all the tulips are coming through now that we've got a bit of warm weather. It's looking amazing it's up God's here. It's country. It's well, really Ray, I have to confess that I popped up to the opening of the spring festival when you were away that right. was friday last week susie and the park mm. is looking amazing and and the oh, sun came you. out it was not a cold day at all no it was a gorgeous day that for that opening launch wasn't it they the gods put it on for us and i'm so proud of my team they've been working so hard all year um you know we did some major works with some landscaping creating new lawn spaces for people um clearing out the swimming pool um, and we've still managed to get the tulips in and looking beautiful for everybody as well. So how big is your team, Susie? Well, in total, I have about the equivalent of 15 full-time people for the entire park, so not very big. Mm. Um, we are all extremely hardworking. So that's across um, administration, garden, um, events, uh, marketing wow. and, yeah, doing weddings and everything. So. But then in springtime, we employ a lot of local casuals. So we um, double in springtime for the six weeks because obviously it's a big operation. Mm. But um, yeah, so the garden team, I've got a garden supervisor heads it up and then he's got about seven gardeners that um, work with him across the seven days. Wow, that's that's a big task. And you 
have other groups and they've got some unusual names. Can you tell us what they are? <laughs> we do. So Aralorn's really embedded. It's a community um, garden and it's got that vibe, you know. So we've got some long-term volunteer gardeners, some who have been with us for around 15 years, in fact, longer than my uh, stay here so far. Um, and they come on Wednesday. So the Wednesday Wonders come and do lots of gardening and weeding, etc. And then we've also got our rose garden um, enthusiasts. They're called the Thursday Deadheaders. <laughs> so they come and do because we've got 3,000 rose bushes up here, say. So. Oh, 3,000 is a lot. Mm. It is a lot. And that's really um, entrenched in the history of Aralorn was yeah. Boss Simon's mother loved the roses. So we've got a, a really lovely heritage collection um, and, you know, some of the more modern tea roses and damasks and etc. So spring goes for a long time up here, which is really lovely. When is the best rose time in Araluen? Oh, definitely the third to fourth week of September is really great for for those varieties. But then in Mother's Day we have a a show as well. So Mm. you get two sort of different seasons with our roses, which is amazing. You've you've got... So much, uh, botanically speaking, up there. You've got the camellias and rhododendrons. The bulbs are looking fantastic. They so are, many bulbs and, and the fragrance. Yes, aren't they? The dahlias. Like we've got that almost like a scented walk where the the daphne and um, all of those, you know, ornamentals that we've got out here, really old fashioned ornamentals. It's just a vine that really. Is. I love it. I wonder if I can smell, you know. So we've got a really bad line, Susie. I don't know whether it's us or you. Um, are you. Are you able to uh, move slightly or turn slightly? I don't know. We're just trying to get a better line. Is that better? Can you hear me it's now? Clicking. Yeah. It's going, dropping in and out. Yeah. Oh dear. That's yeah. So it's a great like idea it. on Father's Day, isn't it, for people to head up to Araluen? That's coming yeah. up next weekend. Yeah, look, we it's it actually is one of our busiest days. So, yes, it is, um, but people do need to be aware that traffic gets congested, things are slow, the park gets really full. Okay. So if that's not your scene, then, you know... Don't, don't do it. Different yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, got you. Like a different day, but not trying to deter people, of course, because um, it is a wonderful day out for the whole family. But it's a big day. Um, mm. It's a big day. It's always our biggest day of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So you're yeah, open every day? We are, Faye. We're open seven days from nine. We are. And you can book tickets online. We've got an online reservation system. Or you can get a ticket at the gate or at the pop-up stations around the park. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, you've got great cafes. We've got the Little Roundhouse Cafes trading and we've got more food vendors this year. Oh, good. So the Chalet Healy is open for seating and we've got some entertainment in there this year. Um, due to COVID, we couldn't get a tenant that was willing to take the risk of running it, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. But, you know, it's not a negative because now we've got more food offerings. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. yeah, so we've we've created a new food hub. So you can, you know, you, if you're thinking about a sit-down menu, you've got more, more options, which is really fantastic. People are taking advantage of sitting in the on the veranda and yeah. we're waiting for the wisteria to explode, of course. Oh, amazing. And there's so many picnic spots and uh, opportunities. I mean, it's a photographer's delight, isn't it? You've got water features, you've got log cabins, you've got the yeah. tall trees, oh, and the tree ferns as you come across the bridge. 
and the water yeah, spilling over the rocks. Yeah, we absolutely do, which is marvellous. And um, like you say, the, the creek, the Sinton Creek is flowing so well because we've had such heavy rain. We've had record rainfall in June this year, particularly because we have our own um, weather station and we record our rainfall yeah, daily. Okay. Yeah, with our different microclimate. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's just absolutely stunning. We've got groups coming out doing photography um, tours within themselves. We don't provide that as an offering as such. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really special special place for photography. Oh, I did see something else that sort of piqued my interest, and that was the Cabernet and Canvas in Araluen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hop online and have a look if there's tickets still. Um, super popular. They set up and they they sit in the outdoor amphitheatre and um, paint away. So. And That's sip a, a Cabernet. Oh, great. Yes, wine and painting. <laughs> I'm, just, right? I'm just twigging. Oh. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like well together. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is it better to go there, I don't know, during the week, if, if people can? Not everyone can, of course. Yeah. Is it probably That's easier right. parking-wise, traffic-wise, people-wise? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, I mean, I think... It depends on your personality, but if you like it a little quieter and That's you me. know people That's just me. meander, yeah, definitely Monday to Friday for, mm-hmm. for that type of personality. Yes, or if you're into the festival vibe and you yeah. love the, you know the action and the activity and the <laughs> yeah. lots of people. The and, weekend is um, it? That's the weekend. Yeah, oh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, nice. So we're sounds. preparing for that now. We're we're waiting for all the um, people to come through. Traffic controllers are out and the staff are getting ready on their pop-up stations. So Yeah. Oh, well, you've got perfect perfect, uh, weather for the next few days that we know of so far. So, yeah. Well, I was listening to the forecast on the way in this morning. It looks like the next week at least is Mm. almost rain-free, 23 degrees, 24 Wow. Totally. Spring has sprung Spring in has late winter. winter. Yeah. Mm. So, no, so we certainly encourage people to get along. And how long is the uh, tulip season going for, uh, Susie? It'll go through till the end of September. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll definitely get right through till the end of September. Yeah. We're confident of that. And we plant and plan um, yeah, the so plants around that. Mm. Yeah, so we have our early, mid and late blooming varieties. Mm-hmm. Um at the moment, we've got the beautiful yellow. It's a big smile, it's called, and it just brings joy. Do you know, that's the meaning of the yellow tulip, and it certainly does when you see those or mass in the middle of the lawns and the blue skies, and it's just lovely. Yeah, no, heaven, okay. We'll oh, definitely be getting up there this year. Close to my mm. heart. I, mm. I remember going there as children yeah, and course. playing in the water, and it's lovely to see it kind of go full circle because with, with age becomes history and the fact that we've still got it is is a real blessing but also it's on the world stage now as a garden of excellence is that right Susie? Yeah thank you for mentioning that Faye because we did last spring actually in the middle of our busy time we resubmitted our our, um, accreditation to the Camellia International Camellia Society and we did achieve it, so we got recognised again. So every 10 years they come and check on, you know, how well you're tending to your camellias and how you're promoting and looking after the garden. So, yeah, we did. International Camellia Garden of Excellence. There's four in Australia. Wow, fantastic. And, yeah, so we're one of them. So definitely if camellias are your thing, get up and have a look. So um, we've got some of those 90-year-old bushes at the moment are in flower, which is amazing. Mm. And they're almost like trees, actually. The one around the Chalet Healy, the Elba, 
is, oh, it'd have to be 10, 12 foot tall. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. No? Yeah. Towers over the building now. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah. When you when you go in there, you just soak in all this atmosphere, and even the drive in through all the trees and the natural bushland yeah. is is just a picture. I encourage Everybody. everyone to get out there. You know, you don't have to go every year, but if you haven't been for five years, get up it's there. It's time. And it's yeah. It's well worth it. Yeah, it totally is. And I mean, I think as you talked about the history, you know, um, nineteen thirty seven is when it was founded, and as such, the YAL uh, built log cabins using the materials off the ground. So yeah. they're built from the Jarrah trees and the stone from the creek. There's 30 heritage buildings on site, that, or 30 yeah. buildings, sorry, that I need to maintain with my team as well. So it's not just gardening. It's a, it's a big operation. And, it certainly you know, is, Susie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. some of those pergolas, that uh, Margaret Simon's pergola particularly, has eight tonne of material. Um, with the enormous Jarrah poles across it. And then when that wisteria comes out, it's just, it's a sight to behold. It's just stunning. Mm. It really is. Oh, it's a credit to you and the team. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, everybody else that's made contributions before me as well. But, mm. yeah, we, we do work really hard and we, yeah. I think it, you fall in love with Aralo and I think that's yes. what it is. You come here for that reason. Yes, no, you're rewarded as well. In so many different ways. Susie, mm. thank you very, very much for your time, young lady. We will let you get back to uh, your, your going to have a very busy day, I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> I made a coffee before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I can relate to that. Um, all the yeah. best going forward. Okay. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Faye. Thanks, Ray. You have a lovely day and I hope to see you up here again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Susie. Welcome. Bye. Bye. She is. Okay, and that was Susie Paravicini. She's the general manager at Araluen Botanic Park. Mm. I am going to get up there. I say that and I don't get up mm. there this year. I'm going. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, we're straight out to the lines. We're in Dianella. Caroline, good morning. Morning, ladies. How are you all this morning? Good, Hi, good thanks, Caroline. How are you doing? Oh, good, thank you. I sent that um, email with the photos of the sweet lime that I was talking to you about. Yes, yep, ago. yep. I've got them right in front of me. We're going to bring this up today. So it looks like a case of the citrus leaf miner, which often will attack new growth and quite common. So nothing to be overly worried about. I would suggest that you give it a light cutback and probably even... Um, Give it a repot, put it into some fresh soil designed for, for citrus. And once you do that, um, maybe even a liquid feed, and I'm sure that it will just outgrow it. You can get products to either spray your, your new growth or citrus leaf miner traps might be oh. worth considering if if that's the way you want to go. I Personally, I just trim off the unsightly growth. I don't worry about it too much at all. You wouldn't use but, any oils on it or anything? Well, you could. You could if use you an eco to. oil, mm. but I, I don't tend to. I've probably got half a dozen citrus trees and they're well established and a little bit of damage doesn't make a lot of difference. No. It's not a little bit. Every leaf's got it. Yep. So give it a, you know, like get your head so Do I trim, trim off everything? We'll just give it a light trim over the whole bush and that will encourage some new growth and then monitor the new growth. Yeah, I can see that there's just... It looks like new growth's just coming up. Little 
little things, but do I cut off all the leaves that are affected? Well, are they on the tips or are they on the whole bush? The whole bush. All right. Give it a reasonably hard cut back, but leave some leaves on it. Oh, leave some. That's what I want to yeah, know. Yeah. So leave some leaves. Because mm. plants need leaves to photosynthesize. So while they may not be in great condition, um, yeah, it's it's surprising to think that each and every leaf is attacked. That would be mm. quite unusual. Um I yeah. can see that you've got a very large grasshopper in the background on one of your pictures. So you have really? the... Really? Yep, yep. Well, I didn't even see v- it. Valanga irregularis is in the background uh, on one of your pictures, absolutely. They do a bit of damage. They're about the size of your hand. Wow. He's sitting in one of your pictures in the background and he's right there. They do like to have a chomp on them, for sure. No, it was near my hand. I was trying to hold the leaf up so you could see, but unfortunately mm. I squashed it. It looked like a grasshopper. I think it might have two things, the leaf miner and something else. Mm, Caroline, I'll have another look on my computer when I get home okay. um, because All these right. are, are printed photos and then I'll send no, you an email yeah, back. Yeah, okay, thank okay. you. Okay, thanks. thanks for your call. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye for now. All right, we are going to have a short break and Marjorie, do stay with us. You are next. Curtain Radio. And we are back straight out to the lines. We are in Karen up. Good morning, Marjorie. Thanks for waiting. Okay. Good morning. Um, my question is, I have a mango tree uh, that needs, uh, I'd like to spray uh, with trace elements on the leaves. But I notice that the uh, tree is just coming into uh, fruiting, you know, fruit flowers, and I wondered if this would be harmful to it, to the flat, to the fruit. I I wouldn't think so, Marjorie. I would think it's more beneficial. Have you got the trace elements already? Yes. All right. I would check the instructions on the pack, um, and well, I might throw. That, but it, it doesn't doesn't say that, specifically. That point. No. All right, what we'll do, we'll throw this one to John um, just just to see if there's any information available ab- about that specifically. All right, then. I'd, yeah, I wouldn't think it would be a problem, but sometimes um, th- fertilising something at flowering time can cause buds to drop and we don't want to do that. Well, I don't mind going without the fruit, but I don't want to um, harm the fruit sort of thing, you know, if, um, because the tree uh, needs the trace elements. I think that mangoes must be uh, uh, like an acidic soil, do they? Oh, I think fairly neutral, um, not necessarily acidic. But, mm. yeah, maybe we can get John to to get some specifics for us. All right, then. All right. Keep, so, keep listening. We will come back to that. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. You're welcome, Marjorie. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Okay. Let's go to Manning and say good morning to Andrea. How's it going? Good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm just ringing about our lemon tree. We have a 
20, 25-year-old lemon tree in the back. And it's starting to shoot like these wild branches. Um, mm. And I've been cutting them back, but they keep coming. So I don't know what to do. Are they from below the root stock? Um, no, they're kind no, of well, they're up in the tree. Yeah. yeah, they're up in the tree. Okay, and thorny. A little bit thorny, yeah. All right, like they're not. Yeah. yeah, cutting them back is all you can do. Some of the some trees will do this and they're reverting. Well, if it's not coming from the root stock, no. it's not mm. actually reverting, but some. Trees will will do this for whatever reason. It's road. quite common. Mm. You know, once upon a time, I thought when they were begin throwing thorns that it is rootstock. Mm. But I, I've started to see that some trees will do it. Do you know what type of lemon tree it is, Andrea? No, no it's look. All I know is that the rats are eating the skin of the lemons. Oh yeah, and and that it's um it's very old. We've had it. Well, we've been in the house for nearly twenty years. So. Yeah, yeah, at least that old. Yeah, you can give them quite a hard trim, um, and particularly if you have got rats. If you've got a lemon tree that is very big, and you can't manage all the fruit, then giving it a, a harder cut back and losing some of the fruit, but keeping it more manageable would be a better idea than having a big tree that's hard to manage and providing fruit for rats. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Andrea. Thanks, Andrea. Bye. Cheers. And then she's saying calling from Sydney or something. Mm. Gee, she's keen. <laughs> Maybe she's on holidays. But, Half yeah, she lives luck. in Manning. Half her life. You know what? I'm going to give something away. Good idea. Let's give away the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook whilst we have time. How does that sound? Look, with spring fast approaching... You will see so many beautiful blossoms now appearing up at Bigger Trees. Truly, if you have a look at the Facebook pictures, it's looking like heaven there. And, of course, one of my faves is the deciduous magnolia, and they are showing some gorgeous flowers. They are absolutely beautiful specimens to add to your garden if you like magnolias. I I particularly love the deciduous uh, forms. Uh, Kerry, she's also got uh, on show some lilacs, uh, flowering plums, plums. I should say, peaches, cherries and pears. And she's saying that every day there's new blooms showing. Uh, it is a special time of the year, a great time to go and have a look at actually better opportunity to see what you're buying. You know, with your $75 gift voucher, you won't know which way to turn, will you, up there? So uh, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And to note that Bigger Trees, they do deliver over the metro area. You can learn more by going to biggertrees.com.au. Check out their online options and also keep up to date with their Facebook page. All right, here's a curly question. This is an easy question today, but the next question that we've got coming up for our other quiz is is much, much, much trickier. Okay, your question is, finish the line from the 1969 Edison Lighthouse song, Love Grows Where My... goes. Finish the line from the 1969 Edison Lighthouse song, Love Grows Where My... something goes. What is that? Give Bev a call now on 94841927 and that $75 gift voucher will be making its way to you and you'll be going shopping, spring shopping. I couldn't think of anything better. I can't stop spending money, Faye. It's terrible.
Oh, I, look, I can't trust myself to I go. I don't trust myself at all. Not, not at I got, all. Yeah, some money's given to me and uh, put into my bank account for my birthday and, and I've really got to put it into something because if I don't, I will spend it on plants. Why can't you put it into plants, Ray? Well, because mm, I do a lot of that already. And what if it dies? You know, so I'm thinking I need to put it into a piece of jewellery or something. So at least it's there. I can't spend it, can I? Oh, you're pretty good with your plants. Most of them don't die. Oh, well, the, the occasional one A pot. Can a pot the, won't die. A pot. A pot. But then you'll need a plant <laughs> to put in it. Then they can get broken. I'll, I'll help you happen. spend your money. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. I don't need help. That's well, you can problem. take yourself I'm to Araluan. That sick. would be one treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, put it into events. Oh, okay. Into experiences. Yes. That's another thought as well. Mm. Oh, you could have months of experiences. (laughs) I can make that happen anyway. Don't you worry. All right. The lines are going crazy. I know you know the answer. Uh, This will be uh, a a really easy one for you. $75 prize from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. Oh, and on that note, it's time to like hedge them and trim them too. The answer. That's I was about okay. to give it away. Okay, that's but, another hint. But yesterday I got out first thing in the morning with my hedge trimmer, battery-powered hedge trimmer, and I just yeah. went zoop over the plumbago. Mm. I did um, a couple of my hedges. Yeah. The best time to trim your plants is before they need it. And even with that's some of the... That's a very good tip, is well, before they need it. Well, you know, sometimes... Well, I've got lantana growing it, as a ground cover. when that is, because well, everything is different. Well, yes, but for a lot of things that do grow and you want them as a hedge or a topiary, you probably have to do it three times a year. And mm-hmm. even my Eremophila nivea, which is budding, I gave it a, a little trim in like over a couple of parts because I don't want it to get to the point where it's become straggly Mm. and you you know yourself if you've trimmed something next to a pathway that's the best part of the plant Mm. because you do it because you have to whereas the back of the bush oh that doesn't need trimming so you don't do it and it doesn't get the same vigor it's not encouraged to bush out so if you want something to grow cut it back yeah. Basically. Yeah. So I, I adapted that and I went around the garden. I did some lavender, even though it's flowering. Well, lavender is looking stunning at the moment. Well, if you don't do lavender, you yeah. wait for it to finish flowering and then you'll have this ha- ugly. Leggy. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. yeah and grevilleas, oh my goodness, some of the grevilleas go nuts. Mm. But you give them a light trim and you will kind of prolong the flowering with a lot of them because they'll push out more growth and more flowers Mm, okay love it okay we'll be back in a moment you're tuned to let's talk gardening coming up at 9am will be the news of course now we do have a prize winner julie from brentwood beautiful part of the world brentwood julie congratulations the voucher will be on its way to you this week the question was finish the line from the 1969 edison lighthouse song love grows where my something goes of course the answer is rosemary and as faye was alluding to it's a good time to cut rosemary well, and the thing Trim is, it. when you're cutting it, mm-hmm. you end up with all these little cuttings. So you might have one ro- rosemary plant that you really like. But rosemary hedges are amazing. And they are. The more you cover your Love ground, them. 
the less weeds you'll have. So yeah. take 10 to 15 centimetre cuttings, strip away the lower foliage, just put half a dozen or so in a pot, put them away like at the bottom of a tree or in your shade house and before you know it they will have rooted and you can plant out a hedge yeah and hedges oh they just they add style to a garden yeah and if you've got a veggie garden or if you've got a um got animals yeah then having rosemary adds to that mm. it will well it's edible it's ornamental yeah. it's fragrant yes. uh, the pollinators love it yeah Oh, tick tick tick! I know. Yeah. yeah, let's let's grow plants that have got lots of reasons. Yeah. Now we we lost a call earlier about a lady who was wanting to know about attracting good bugs. So it'd be mm. nice if she could ring back so we could talk about that. Oh yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So, One of my favourite subjects. I know, Faye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ray. I know. No, that's that's perfectly expected. All right. So in the next hour, we are going to be giving away a gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. And you heard Paul and Linda last week on the show as well. So you would have got a taste of what Green Life is all about okay you've got some info there as well five minutes to the news by the way okay well john has come up with uh information for marjorie uh about mangoes and ph between 5.5 and 7.5 okay so calcium and potassium levels are also thought to influence fruit quality and storage trace elements like zinc copper boron and manganese are important the role on, of boron in flowering and internal fruit quality is especially important. So in general, nutrient supplements can be applied to remedy, ident remedy identified soil deficiencies rather than applying as a routine event. So basically what that's saying is, you know, the tree will tell you if it's deficient in something. You can tell mm. by the leaves mm. if it needs it. So rather than applying to remedy so that again in general nutrient supplements can be applied to remedy identified soil deficiencies rather than applying as a routine event so you don't actually need to do that you just unless only, you see a unless problem. you identify a problem mm. occasional foliar nutrients are permitted and I have got a another document here. Uh, doesn't refer to mangoes especially, but it does refer to evergreen tree crops like avocados. So I'm thinking the same. Uh, and a foliar spray applied to newly hardened spring flush or during active growing period and post harvest. So. If there's a spring flush, wait for it to harden off and also post-harvest and when it's actively growing. So I don't think mangoes would be actively growing as such now because it's cool and remembering mm. that mangoes are a warm tropical, tropical plant. Mm. 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 So, you know, maybe don't do it now while it's in, in bud. Yeah. Just hold off a bit. Okay, we'll take this call. We do have the news coming up at nine, but we have a couple of minutes to play with. We're in Naranda. Vince, good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a, I had said I had a coral red gum just off the verge, 
And uh, about four weeks ago, it was growing nice. It was flowering beautifully. I said about four weeks. Then that uh, is dead on me. Now, I heard that the cows would come around and spray. Would that cause it? Oh, well, I hate to say, but <laughs> depending on what they sprayed, yes. If they were spraying yeah. something like glyphosate. And they do. And, and it had got on the foliage or hit the roots, mm. then, you know, that could do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a verge tree, is it, Vince? Well, just off of it, it's, it's near the light pole, and uh, mm. we ran the council, and the council said, oh, they've got to take about 10 days to see what it is, see if it was then, or the thing, the thing's done because of the disease. You know? and I said it was growing nicely, flowering nicely, and I thought it was dead. Mm. Well, if do you know if they had actually sprayed in the vicinity? Yes, yes, I was told by a neighbour up the road that they come around and sprayed. Oh, well. And they confirmed it, and they confirmed that they come around and sprayed. Yeah, okay. Well, that's very sad. I mean, yeah, based on what you've told us, um, it, sound, it sounds like it. It's not definitive, but, um, yeah, that is a channel worth investigating for sure, and that would be very well, sad. I said, I'm still waiting for them to get back to us. They said they reckon it might be a disease. They won't confirm it yet until I've had it checked out, so I don't know what they're checking out. Now, if they sprayed, and we were told... So a little bit of spray does get on there, the tree's gone. Huh? Well, if it's a, a big tree, then... That's only a little thing. Now, we put it in ourselves and watched it grow. Oh. And it <laughs> right, okay. Um, they, you know, they could go to the trouble of doing um, leaf analysis to determine if that was the cause. Um, I wonder... The, trun- the trunk's all starting to crack away too. It's a little trunk, it's all cracking. Well, that, you know, that can happen. Sometimes they do just grow like that. It do, doesn't mean yeah. that. that uh-huh. But if it was healthy one day and dead yes, the next, and in the, out, me- uh, in the meantime it, it had been sprayed, um, yeah. if it did only get a little bit of spray, then it may lose all the leaves and you may find that it it might come back. You might c- come back. You could uh-huh. give it. A light cut back. A light cut back, yeah. And maybe give it a, a good drink because we haven't yeah. had rain for a, quite a few days. Give it a good drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Was it quite sudden, Vince? Was it a sudden turn, you know, from well, looking... I said four weeks ago, it was beautiful. It was growing yeah. nice and flowering. Okay. So I'm happy. There's nice, nice, nice flowers. And okay, it's yeah, it's quite sudden. Uh-huh. It would be nice to get a photo, actually, if you can send us a photo. That would be great. Before or after, Ray? Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, too uh, savvy with these phones, taking photos and sending them through. Oh, okay. No, the, wife, right. the wife might have a go. Uh, you know? yeah, yeah, okay. Well, please keep us updated. I'd like to hear more. Uh, uh. So oh. shall I wait for the council to get back to me, or shall I print it back? I'll wait. For, you know? uh, maybe just do like one side of the tree. One side of the tree. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, good luck. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Time for the news. Heading for a maximum of 23 today, right now 16.9 degrees and the humidity is sitting at 73%. Tomorrow the maximum is 23, becoming a little cloudy, 
But then again on Monday, it'll be mostly sunny and 22. And looking ahead, guys, for the rest of the week, it's in the low 20s. It's going to be rather lovely, perfect gardening weather uh, for you. Okay, now we have Megan online, Megan Smith. She's our professional chicken lady. <laughs> if you have questions about keeping chickens or anything that you'd like to know, you can give Bev a call now and put your question uh, to Bev. She will put it up on our little board here and then we can mention it to Megan whilst we have her online. That would be a great idea. All right. Speaking of, Megan, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. Good morning, How good. are you? I'm very well. It's a gorgeous, sunny morning. It's very uplifting, isn't it? Just amazing what the weather can, weather can do for the mood. Well, definitely. welcome, Megan. Thank you, well, for the listeners who don't know who you are, I will just do a quick rundown because I've known you for a, quite a quite a lot of years. Oh, we met through aquaponics many years ago, and you yeah, are a, 2007. Yeah, you're a grower, a breeder, a butcher, a chef, a hobby farmer, <laughs> a candlestick maker. <laughs> <laughs> I I bet a beekeeper. Um, you have done that before. You have yes. a cert certificate in horticulture and permaculture, or you're well on your way, and involved in a men's shed. And today mm -hmm. we're going to kick off the Beginner's Guide to Keeping Chickens, which we hope we will be able to build on into a self-sufficient uh, homesteading type podcast. That will be awesome. So... Let, let's start. So you want to start with chickens. How do you decide what to get and what the differences are? What do you want them for? Yeah, that's the big thing. What do you want them for and how much space do you have? It's going to be very different for somebody like you on a farm compared to Ray. Yeah, some people also just want them almost as pets for their kids. There's so many different reasons. If I had chickens, I would want them to do a bit of foraging in my garden and I'd like eggs. <laughs> well, I know we'll, they do we'll a lot come, of damage. We'll I know come what to you're that going later. to say. But I know yeah, what you're going to say. So Ray wants them for eggs. Yes. I want them because I want to teach my grandchildren about the life cycle. And what do you want them for, Megan? Um, I actually have had... Um, had them and then I stopped for a while and then I got them again recently and I noticed a huge difference in pest control and the um, amount of pests and bugs that were suddenly in the garden, i.e. snails and yeah. things that the chickens used to keep under control. Yeah, I have a big snail problem, yeah. Well, and fruit yeah. flies too because yeah. the, the fruit fly... Cycle the eggs uh, drop into the soil, and so the chickens keep that in check. So a really yeah. important one. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't just scratch around to shove your mulch everywhere. They scratch around to look for protein and insects that yeah, they use good. in their diet. Mm. So the other choice in my um, the types of chickens I want are. I, I'd like a dual purpose bird. I'd like one that we can actually breed and that, you know, many of them will turn into roosters so we can then grow them up when we know they're roosters, then we have a chicken for the table, basically. So yeah, talk sure. talk about the different types of chickens and the choices. Okay, so you, you have, as you said, your dual purpose birds and that can be a full-size chicken or it can be a bantam. 
Um, bantams are normally just eggs and, and pets, whereas your full-size um, chickens can be specifically for meat or they can be specifically for eggs and foraging and life cycle um, learning curves for, for kids. Um, there are great things to teach kids how to care for something, not just look after them and provide everything for them, but to learn how to be gentle with an animal. Yeah, animal husbandry. Very much, very much. Um, your breeds um, vary. You can go with a, a bird that's just uh, a layer or you can go with a bird that has more of a seasonal laying schedule um, and they can be just your plain brown, white, black ones or you can go into your really fancy colours and, and different breeds. Oh, and that gets exciting. You only have to have a look when you go to the Royal Show. Another another at, addiction for me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, okay, so for someone who wants eggs, and I know that uh, particular types of chickens will lay around 300 eggs a year. So, Megan, tell us about those ones. Okay, so the two main breeds that you can get, one is called an Isa Brown and one is called a Highline. They're basically both brown birds. They're just slightly different breeds, um, but they originated from a, a similar chicken. And they, they, like you say, will lay an egg every day without fail unless there's something happens, you yeah. know, like a cat, a, a cat or a bird jumps in their pen, mm. then that might frighten them like it would frighten anyone. Mm. And, and they may have a delay in egg production, but egg production is also a long... Um, the lines of what you feed them, how often you feed them, and um, if they're molting, because what a lot of people don't know is the calcium and the keratin and protein that goes into eggs, and that production actually goes into feather production. So if a chicken is using all of that energy to, to um, complete its winter or spring molt, um, you're not going to have as many eggs because the nutrients in the chicken are going into feather production. So how do you overcome that and make sure that your chicken's got a, a, a good diet and has got everything it needs? Um, you, you, the, the best thing is a, a high-quality um, general uh, pellet or crumble. And then I always supplement my birds at that time of the year with wheat or corn um, and that increases um, their metabolism which helps keep them warm in winter while they're making their feathers but it, if you soak the wheat too um, for a couple of days it cracks that outer hard shell and then it allows all the nutrients that are inside the um, wheat grain to activate which provides a higher concentration of nutrients for the chicken, which is, is really easy to do. Well, and on and top of that, it, it saves money because you buy a bag of wheat, which is actually pretty cheap. You soak yes. it and it swells. So you, you've yeah, got better value for your money. Correct, correct. Um, and you can do that with any grain, not just wheat. You can do it with barley, you can do it with oats, lupins. Um, even something as simple as budgie seed. Um, if you do that for your, it's off the top of the topic, but you could do it for quail. So um, any of those um, grains, once they're um, 
moisture into them, it increases their nutrients and it, it feeds them a lot better. Ex- excellent. So that's covered the high lines and the eyes of browns and a bit about the food. What, what are the other breeds that are available? Okay, so there is a, a complete rainbow of colours and breeds. The most common ones that people look at are your black australorps. Now, an australorp is our Australia's truly own breed. It was, it was bred for our conditions, so they're very hardy birds. But a lot of people don't like the fact that they're black and you can't see them as easy as you can get a pretty black and white one or you can get the beautiful, um, like we mentioned, the golden gold-laced wine dots. Their uh, wine dots come in all different colour lacings. You can have a, a beautiful golden black. You can have a white and black. You can get the Sussex, which has a, a black and white collar but is mostly a white bird. Um, you oh, is that get... the Kellogg's one? The one that was on the cornflake packet? Uh, no, I think you're thinking of um, that is, oh gosh, it's oh, It doesn't matter. There's so many, there's so many different um, colour variations. You can get your, your frizzles, your stilkies, um, which are really fluffy, cute little cuddly things. Um, so, Megan, can I jump in and ask a question? Where do you buy your chickens from and what's their lifespan roughly? Okay, so um, a, a nice brown is approximately three to five years, maybe a bit longer, maybe a bit okay. less. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a heritage breed, you can have them for eight to ten years. Okay. That's it all depends, like on anything, you um, look after them yeah. and they do better. Yeah, yeah. And how how are they available? At what stage are they available? So you can get what's called fertile eggs. You can get day-old chicks, which means that they're hatched and they're, they're 24 hours old. You can get point of lay, which means they're about 16 to 18 weeks old and they haven't laid their first egg. They're about, about to lay their to. first egg. And, and roughly how much are they to buy? Well, COVID changed things. I bet, yes, because <laughs> I, I knew there was a time when you couldn't get a chicken, isn't there? You couldn't buy them. Exactly, yeah. Um, you can get your day, uh, your ex-layer chickens, like your eyes browns, for about $10, $20, depending on where you source them. Yeah. Up to, I actually paid $300 for a rooster to come from Victoria to put into my breeding program. Okay, yeah, so, no, I get that. It's the sky's the limit, really, but yeah, okay. a good starting point would be $10, $20 a bird for an Isa Brown. If you're going to the um, breed varieties, you can pay anywhere from 40 to to $100 a bird. Sure. And there are um, uh, multiple ways of getting them. As Faye mentioned, the Royal Show, they have a booklet that tells you all about their birds on show and who's doing what, and in that is a very handy resource of breeders. Um, Google, you can look up poultry associations and they have breeders if you're oh, okay. a specific variety. Mm-hmm. There is a, um, a commercial farm in Bedford Dale that um, has multiple different breeds and different ages along with a lot of the other products that you need. Um, so, and Facebook. Marketplace, um, 
options. They're all options, aren't they? Hmm. It's just a matter of asking the question, what breed I want, and then, then you look. And how many chickens could you have in a suburban backyard? Does that vary from council to council? It does, and it also varies greatly on the size of your housing Mm -hmm. and your pen, um, whether they're just going to be in that pen overnight and then have the whole backyard. So so let's talk about their enclosure or what they need. How do you need to house them? We've only got a couple of minutes left, Megan, so we'll just, um, yeah, what's the basic requirements for housing? Housing can be an aviary where you open the door every day and let them into a bigger scratching area. Yeah. You can get the uh, commercially available pens or wire frames. You can make your own out of a old um, triangle swing frame. I've done that before. Um, there, it, the sky's the limit and it, and it can be budget dependent. You can pick up stuff free and turn it into a chook house. Or you can um, go to the green shed and buy one. It it just really depends on the size of the bird, your location, and how much room you've got. Mm. So uh, shelter or protection from weather, a perch to nest, uh, to perch on at night or to roost on at night, and somewhere to house a a laying box where they can lay their eggs up off the ground. A laying box can be something as simple as an old lawnmower catcher or a plastic washing basket. They'll, they'll use it, yeah. They, they will use a plastic tub with a hole cut out. They don't even, if they've got a, an aviary or a, a pen, mine have just started laying on the sawdust in the corner of their roosting night area. Yeah, yeah. I look, yeah, they just, you, you fall in love with them, right? You do, they get, mm. once they get on in. Uh, if you don't have them, you notice it yeah, in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we we definitely have so much more to talk about. Yeah, we need yeah. to do some more segments with you as we go that along because I think it's such a big subject and uh, we're very keen and I think many of our listeners are too. Yeah, I mean, we didn't touch on um, uh, pest and uh, uh, predator proofing ah, yes. um, and went plants. Through my, that yeah. went through my mind when you were talking, actually. Yeah. The good old yeah. fox. But yeah. I, I think we've given listeners something Taste. to think about mm. and they can now do a little bit of homework based on what we've talked about. And you can follow my journey because I'm I'm on the verge of organising yeah. some more chickens and I'm yeah itching to get started. Mm. Yes, I can't wait for that day too. <laughs> so, Megan, we'll be back in touch with you soon. Thank you very much, ladies. All right, and you have yourself a great weekend. You take care. And if I you... will. I'm off to the men's shed. Oh, uh, have fun. And if you want to see more of Megan, just Google um, Garden Gurus because she has done a couple of segments with them. Yeah. So, yeah. Perfect. Good on you. Thanks, Megan. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Great lady. Oh, um, So much amazing. information there. So I look forward to our next segment. Okay, we shall return. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening this morning. It's 24 minutes after nine. Jim Crinan at 10am with a classic 70s for you. We're heading to Hamilton Hill talking about cyclamens or cyclamens, however you want to say it. (laughs) Gail, are you there? Yes, good morning, ladies. Morning. Um, 
At the the beginning of winter, I had um, all these little baby cyclamens come up in a pot and I've transferred them all into individual pots in um, a seedling mix. Um, But they're all very small. I mean, there's some with only one leaf, some with two leaves. How can I get them to get big enough to survive the summer? Okay. Well, your seedling mix won't have any nutrients in it. It's often what we germinate our our seeds in, and then we pot them on. So when you were uh, pricking them out and potting them on, I would have gone into a commercial potting mix where there's some slow-release fertiliser in it. Um, But what you can do is add extra nutrients. So you could put some slow-release fertiliser around the top of the pot and you could also give them a liquid food. And you know what? Liquids are amazing because... They, you, you can mix up a, a foliar feed that's half your regular strength and you pour it over the plant. And this is what I would recommend for people to do now. Where you've got plants budding up and flowering, if you give them a liquid, you're going to boost the colour, the size, the height, etc. And I was thinking about this when I was looking at my clivias this week. So recently, or not that long ago, I fed them mm. and... And just about every clivia is pushing up at least one lot of buds. But the stems are still a little bit short. Now, if I put a slow-release fertiliser there, because the weather is still cool and the soil is cool, I may not see much of a difference. But you give it a fertiliser for flowering plants and you will see some instant growth. The plant takes it in straight away through its leaves and through its roots. And, and you'll notice okay. the difference. I, I didn't think it was okay to put the the, the water on the cyclamen leaves. That's well, that's that's true, um, <laughs> but I would probably still do it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't okay. necessarily water the leaves, and you don't want to leave the leaves wet. But if you did it first thing in the morning, then it will be dry in a few hours easily. And will they then become big enough to uh, die off in summer? Will they be big enough to die off? You Um, know, the cyclamens uh, go dormant during summer. See, the parent plant never actually went dormant at all. Yep, right. Um, It stayed with leaves the whole time. And then, um, like I said, um, I produced all these seedlings in uh, the beginning of winter so I'm just thinking well they're supposed to go dormant um, so would the bulbs get big enough for them to do that? I'm well I'm sure they would so I imagine what happened like the the corms formed where the old flowers were right so it's probably like bigger than a pea size and, yes. and as you feed it and it grows, it will get bigger. They might still be small, but whatever size they are, they can still go dormant if they're going to. Okay. But that will depend on your conditions because if your other one didn't go dormant, then no. and this, these are in the same spot, they may not either. Yeah, be lucky. Right. Mm. So I just, um, I just keep watering them right through summer if they don't go dormant. Well, if they've got leaves, yes, keep watering them. Okay, lovely. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome, Gail. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye for now.
And let's go to Cloverdale, talking about a grapevine. Amanda, how are you? Yes, good morning, ladies. Morning. How are you? Good, Good, thanks, Amanda. How can we help you? Um, Just a few things about the adventure that I have with my uh, ongoing adventures I have with my grapevine. Uh oh. (laughs) Um, Popped them in about eight years ago. They're in big pots. And um, I know how to prune them, and I've only just done that recently, this week, because I was waiting for all the leaves to fall off and everything. Yes. But uh, for the first time, I've. It was really strange. It was like um, when I when I cut when I pruned them, each uh, what what do you call them prong or each um, runner? Um, it was like not sap coming out, but really it looked like it was crying. The poor thing. It was really like tears coming down, and mm. I hope I haven't damaged the. Um, I suppose I'll just have to um, for that point. I'll just have to keep an eye on them, and make sure that they're okay. But anyway, I've tried to keep them organic and. Um, but every year there's more and more insects and birds and mould in particular that keeps attacking them. And this year I wanted to use a um, I wanted to use a, um, a spray like a copper. Yes. Would you suggest that a copper spray would be more effective than a eco oil? I I would. A copper spray will help guard against the the mould and uh, yeah. the powdery mildew. <laughs> And you need to do it, yeah, when when you prune them. And I I suspect I'm only guessing, but I think the fact that they were weeping is probably because they the sap has started rising and they're not far off uh, bursting forth with leaves. You know, particularly with this weather that we're having. Uh, this is the first year that I actually left all of the leaves on because one of your programs you were saying. Even if they're yellowy, it's a good idea to leave them on there because they actually benefit the rest of the plant. So I left them on there, and I thought maybe I'd actually prune them too late. But anyway, so you've answered my question about the um, the mildew. Oh, I'm just yeah, I'm just surprised that. Um, s- but what I know because I can't remember from year to year is where am I actually supposed to be spraying on? Is it on the on the leaf that comes up or on the actual on the canes? Lineup? On, and when they when there's no leaves on them, I'm I'm surprised. It sounds like yours have hung on to their leaves for a very long time. Yeah, they always do every year. I don't know why. And I have a giant one, and the other three are very small uh, vines. But this this one's like a jumbo one. It's just amazing, and it has over 150 you know bunches of of uh, grapes when then when they're okay. And it's heartbreaking to see them you know with the mildew. So this mm. might help. Um, so is that is that then non-organic once I start putting the copper on it or? Uh, mm, that's a tricky one because it is it is a natural element, but copper mm. is a fungicide. Yeah. So, you know, try not to spray it over your soil because some, some fungal activity is beneficial. Um, mm. But, you know, in your case of the powdery mildew, you really... You have to to save your crop of grapes. If you've got 150 bunches, I'm just mm. wondering, you know, if you if it was mine, I would probably cut it back so that I didn't get 150 bunches. I'd probably yeah, be happy with 75 because yeah. I can manage it better. That's right. Well, I actually did that, and I'm hoping the previous year I tried to do that as well. I tried to bring it down in size. But they they were more prolific than than the, than the previous year, and then I lost them all. 
to the mould thing. So I have actually, I've, I've done that. I've brought it back a fair bit, actually, because it was quite intrusive. It was going into my uh, yeah. roof and God knows what else, you know. And so Amanda, and another thing that you could do is after they get their, um, they'll get their leaves and then you'll start to see the fruits develop and then you'll see some more growth. So what you then want to do is go through and thin more growth so that Mm. you've got better airflow. That will also help and Mm. treat the leaves the minute you see them. So spot treat leaves for any sign of fungus. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did. I did sort of do that to find out how to do that, but it still, still didn't work. But I think um, so. If I'm getting, if I'm getting, um, in other words, what I'm doing, what I'll be doing is really thinning them out during the season as well. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. As as I cut them, they come back again. You know, within days. Um, then you just is a, is a, keep doing it. Keep on to them. You you tell it who's thanks. boss. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Keep us posted, Amanda. <laughs> Really enjoy your program. Thank you. Thank you. Good on you. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. And we're heading to Gosnells. We're talking about oh, onion weed. Jim, hello. Hello there. Good Hi. morning, ladies. How are you, Jim? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I have an issue that I've been dealing with for probably about eight years oh. in terms of onion weed. Yes. So I have, um, I guess, probably about an acre and a half of Canning River frontage uh, in Gosnells, uh, which is just covered in onion weed. So every year I've tried something different to get rid of this stuff. So I've sprayed it with um, Roundup and I've sprayed it when it is uh, very, very young before it flowers. I've sprayed it as the Ag Department tell me to spray when it is in flower. I've sprayed it when it's mature. I've put, there's some oil you can put down on each plant and there must be a million. So that wasn't very effective. Um, this area is in predominantly shade, so it's under a lot of gum trees. But I'm looking for a workable solution. The, the plastic sounds like a good idea, but yeah. I need an awful lot of plastic. I was going to suggest the plastic. Mm. Um, well, something to outcompete it. Something that, uh, you know, like a living ground cover. You know, perhaps you could sprinkle some seed of something like a wattle that grows very easily Um, because if you've got the onion grass at ground level, if you've got something growing over the top, it's not going to get the sunlight that it needs that, you know, so I'm trying to think of something that would compete with it. Now, I think for onion grass, the um, product that they use is metsulfuron was something that was recommended. I think, could you mind spelling that for me, please? M-E-T-S-U-L-P-H-U-R-O-N. I've never used it myself, but I've seen that as something recommended for onion grass. Okay, all right. And and I suspect that the reason you're still battling it is because of the burden that's in the soil. And if it's flowering anywhere close by, the seeds will still be coming in. Um, And I think, yeah, I just could imagine that the best way to do it might be to put something there that will compete with it. 
smother it, but something okay. sympathetic to the, the bushland and the environment. Right. Um, this uh, So this whole area is uh, covered with um, river gums, so it doesn't get a lot of sun, it gets patches, but it's also coming up in probably, I don't know, knee-high Kaikuyu, if you like. Oh, see, your Kaikuyu is another problem as well, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. That I can deal with, but even if I spray, the the onion weed seems just to survive. Yep, yep. And if you're, well, I know from experience, if you spray, say, kaikuya or velt grass, you can knock them out, but then you get the second lot of weeds, which are the broadleaf weeds. And yeah. um, so that's why I think something that competes with it, like a a low-storey native plant that you can throw handfuls of seed in and just come up. Okay, all right. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's fine. It's not an area I use, and a natives down there would be good. There's a lot of um, native trees shooting down there as well, so maybe I can just put in some, yeah, what do you think? Think grevilleas and, you know, hakey, is that ty- that's where we're talking? No, what I would do is go to your council... Um, or local wildflower society and find out what species belong in that area or even have a look around yourself and see what is growing there. Now, if it was a bare area, like, for example, if you'd burnt, then you would get a lot of regeneration of plants that are endemic to the area. Uh, and, And for a new area, wattles, like, they just grow easily. They're a pioneer plant but I don't know how they'd go establishing with existing leaf litter. Sure. Okay. So you've got more homework to do, Jim. <laughs> I'll hand over to you now. It's only been eight years. I guess a little bit more time is not going to make any difference. Yeah, well, we live and learn, don't we? I mean, if you if you knew then what you know now, you'd you'd be better off. Just like me and our property, and we never stop learning. And mm. uh, if we could turn back the hands of time, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> In so many ways. Mm. All right. All right. Thanks that's for your right. call. Uh, let's give me a couple of ideas there. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. Thanks Cheers Bye. for that. All right. Let's. I think this is your call coming back to you. We're in tapping. Sharon, you're ringing back, I hope. Yes, I am. Sorry about that. I had to go earlier. Of course. That's okay. Of course. <laughs> I've got, um, for the last four years or so, um, I've been desperately trying to bring good bugs into my garden. And I get very few. And two years ago, I even I waited for the aphids to come and I even imported ladybirds from uh, over east when you can buy the bugs in. Yes. And yes. I brought in some other ones that ate. Uh, I had a lot of cottony cushy scale and I bought in some dudes that were supposed to yes. eat those as well. My problem is that I live in the typical uh, pocket size house block and last year when I walked outside one day at the back, uh, my neighbour was getting a professional spider spray and mm. I got coated in it so they were doing oh, it. Yeah. And my, he didn't mean to, he, he checked and I, I walked out just as it was happening um, but my question is, like, they're entitled to do that, but am I fighting a losing battle if we're in such a small block? And if your neighbours are spraying that spider spray, does it kill off everything? Mm, yep, yep. 
Okay. Um, that's not fair that it would drift and that you would cop it. That is not okay. I would be having to some, something to say about that. I feel very strongly about it. Um, you can absolutely make a difference in your patch, Sharon. And, you yeah. know, one of the most rewarding, easy and cheap ways is to chuck in packets of seeds and yep. I've got flowers everywhere. I'm a cottage garden. I've got roses. Oh, I've got okay. daisies. I've got I've got two parrots. So I have to be so careful with yes. cleaning products, with yes. cooking products like Teflon. They breathe it in. They can drop dead. So mm. like, I'm very conscious about what I use. I understand that I share an environment with others, and they have children. <laughs> they're worried about redbacks, blah blah blah. And he was doing the the, the edges of the fences and stuff. But I'm thinking, what? What does that impact on my block? Because I just never... When I lived in Kalgoorlie, I had a big rose garden. I had hundreds of ladybirds. I see maybe two a year. Mm. So I just don't know how I can further improve it. Well, it sounds like what you're doing is is all good. Don't give up. (laughs) Some of us are like little beacons that are different to everyone around us. but there's like-minded people out there. You just got to find them and don't give up doing what you're doing because you'll get you'll get that tick. Um, yeah, and you're doing everything right. Yeah, and mm. you'll know it when you see that new bird in your garden or drinking out of a bird bath or a, a predatory bug that's come in or a wasp or something. You know, you can make a difference. And a lot of yeah. us, I think, need to make a difference because with so much land clearing going on, it's people and their little pockets that that are going to make the difference in the end. Yeah. I know I've made a difference in my soil. I mean, I've I've gotten the soils from um, the the people that you have on the radio station all the time. Yep. Um, I've, I've even sent pictures of my garden to them, and um, I have black soil now. Oh, like good for I you. Started with sand, so I've got that side of it going, but I just never see the good guys. So. Yeah. Well, do well after the break because um, we have to have a break. Yeah. There's there's probably a few examples I could give of plants to have in your garden. Um, Great. That yeah. harbour them. So stay yeah. stay tuned, Sharon. Yeah. We just got to go to thank a break. Thank you line. so much. All okay. right. Thank Take you. Care. Have a lovely day. Bye. Too. Bye. Bye. Radio. And where there's about 15 minutes of Let's Talk Gardening remaining, you were going to add in some more comments for Sharon, our previous caller. Over the years, I've added lots of veggies and herbs to the garden. One in particular, just outside the door, is dill. Dill or fennel, um, same sort of plant, really lacy leaves. Mm. And I remember one... One night I went out there and the plant looked really daggy and it was on its last legs and I thought, oh, I need to take that out. It doesn't look very good. But as I got closer, I saw ladybirds and they were mating and then I saw the aphids and this old, sticky, dead-looking plant with a little bit of new growth down the bottom was so full of life because the aphids that had moved in to to the sick, ageing plant had then encouraged the ladybirds to come in Mm. so that it's a place for them to to breed, to complete their life cycle. I then saw wasps coming in to parasitise the aphids. Hoverflies came in and 
then a another wasp that comes in and lays its egg in the egg of an on a of a hoverfly egg. So there's all this stuff happening on one daggy looking old herb. Mm. And so I leave that there because as terrible as it looks, I put up with that and I think of that every time I look at it. So one day I was trimming up the roses and ladybirds were flying in. And I'm thinking, gosh, what's what's going on? There's no aphids on my roses that I can see. And then I started to find ladybirds in the red salvias, you know, the ones you buy eight in a mm. uh, eight in an eight cell punnet yeah. for two dollars fifty or something, and they were like an annual salvia, but they've been in that garden since two thousand and seven. Yeah, the red blaze, mm. and the ladybirds were in the flowers. Yeah, and they were in the flowers because there were aphids in the flowers. Mm. Mm. So. I don't worry about the aphids and I know that aphids are then food for the ladybirds, the hoverflies, the lacewings, the flower spiders, the mantids and the birds. So I leave them all alone. My roses, the leaves, if the leaf cutter bee comes in and cuts circles, that's fantastic. So the point here is dill, carrot, parsley, Queen Anne's lace. Um, Leave them, let them flower, let them go to seed. They all have an umble type flower. And this is a, a breeding ground and a home, a host, a place where Platform. good bugs mm. can come mm. and, and live out their life cycle. So the salvias, once again. And I keep adding to my garden. Um, the white allison, you know, I love. I've seen lacewing larva moving around there. They seem to lay their eggs and set up homes there. And any plants that I look at that are host for something, uh, it might be the old dill in the veggie garden that I've seen a praying mantis on. Every time I look at those ugly old plants, I know how important they are and I leave them alone. So everything mm. doesn't have to be ripped out for the next crop. Mm. The rosemary, uh, the wormwood, the wormwood has little yellow flowers mm. and other little bugs come to that. The butterflies are breeding now. I saw my first two butterflies flitting through the garden yesterday. They're probably breeding on my stinging nettle. Mm. Um, let's just learn. Let's add water to our garden, bird baths at different heights and different levels. Water on the ground for the lizards. The lizards will eat your snails and moths um, but then moths are pollinators we've got caterpillars I mean yeah it it's all part of the cycle but mm. go out and buy yourself a different you know pollinator plant be it a herb or something pretty daisy flowers will bring in butterflies mm. and start monitoring who's in your garden mm. and if you've got pests in the garden then you'll have predators so sit grab your cup of tea Watch those flowers for 10 minutes. Good advice. Okay. I don't know what to do next. I do have – I want to give away the gift voucher. All right. Um, however – Do that, then go to the break. But we also have Arthur waiting to chat yep. with us Arthur, as well. Arthur, just hold on for a moment. Love to talk to you. Yeah, all right. But okay. Look, uh, this is from, from Green Life Soil Co. $75 gift voucher up for grabs. Now – you would have heard Linda and Paul Michener on air last week filling in for us. Uh, their motto is delivering a greener garden 
and their philosophy is founded in permaculture. Green Life Sorco promote biodiversity and sustainability. They have a wealth of information on their website. You just simply go to greenlifesoil.com.au. You'll find any product that you would need to match all of your gardening requirements and much, much more. And you can join up for their monthly newsletter, which I also receive. It's free. It's packed full of fabulous information month to month and gives you a head start in what you need to be thinking about for the following month as well. Now, they specialise in custom mixed soils made on site. Many of their products are organically certified and a number of their soil amendment products are water-wise endorsed. For the bigger stuff, Green Life do deliver and also provide courtesy trailers, which is very handy indeed. And a lot of their products come in bags too, which is also uh, very, very handy for we, the smaller gardeners. Now, true or false? This is, think about this one. This is a John John Curley. Think about this one. Uh, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. We have these rules in place so that we can share the love. True or false? Roses do not have thorns. True or false? Roses do not have thorns. Give Beb a call now on 94841927. Arthur, we'll be chatting to you in just a moment. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We only have about eight minutes of the show left to go. And Let's Talk Gardening was sponsored today by Garden in a Bag. Buy 10 bags and get another bag for free, including the delivery. Okay, let's go straight to Arthur, who's been very patient with us. Arthur, good morning. Thank you for waiting. Good morning, girls. How are you today? Very good. good. It's lovely to hear from you, Arthur. Thank you. Sorry to trouble you again, but uh, I can't get our roses to drop their leaves. Is that <laughs> we have, I, we've had the now? same problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. I was saying to Ray just earlier. I some of my roses are not mm. getting pruned this year because they've sprung to life and they're looking too too good. So they're just going to get a light trim and another feed. And I don't know why, because it was so cold in Jandakot. Exactly. They never really everywhere. looked sick i don't mm. yeah so have you got any signs of the the black spot on your leaves no, we had that brown brown thrip on them this year that might have caused the trouble i don't know oh funny well i i have got no reason why they didn't drop their leaves but i've ob- observed the same thing and all i'm doing is taking off the daggy leaves and we're just yeah going forward with spring I'll take a tip from you and do that. It wasn't mm. feeling like pruning this year much anyway. No, well, just keep them tidy. And, well, in fact, I've I've picked a rose this morning and brought it in for Ray, and she's been sniffing I it. I have. It's beautiful just divine. rose on the table here, a yellow one. It's absolutely beautiful. It looks like three roses jammed together. I've oh, wow. I've seen it before, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, well, you enjoy it, Arthur. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Thank we'll, you. We'll take a tip from you and we'll do a light prune this year and yep. look to next year. And exactly. if it doesn't work, you can blame me. All right. <laughs> well, I do here. All right. Thanks, Arthur. <laughs> Thank you very much. All the very best. And, and to you. Show. Okay. Bye, Bye for now. now. Thank you. Uh, okay. We do have a prize winner, Roma of Yokine. I think Roma's won a few prizes. And the garden show, yeah, yeah, good on you, Roma. Congratulations, gift voucher on its way to you from Green Life Soil Co. Let us know what you spend it on, please. Now, the question was, 
true or false? Roses do not have thorns. The answer is true. Roses have prickles. A thorn is a sharp pointed modified branch or stem. It can be at the end of a stem or be its own short pointed woody branchlet. A prickle is an outgrowth from the skin of the stem. Who would have thought? And I was sitting here early saying to Faye in a break, I've just pulled a thorn out of my finger. And she goes, you mean a prickle? And I said, you are correct. Yeah, so there you go. We learned that from John this week. Yes, there you go. Okay, we do have a couple of messages. I'll let you talk about those, Faye, on the board. So Gary from North Yundera has said, pest control people use a surface spray so the insects or bugs get the poison on their feet or bodies and then die. They don't actually inhale it. And that's that's quite correct. But if a spray goes into the air, like uh, the lady was saying, she got covered in it, then where the spray rests will contact the surface. Mm. And, yeah, it might only be a small amount, but drift shouldn't be going over fences. It should be targeted to an area. Yeah, how, how do you stop that from happening? It's well, kind of... it's about the the density of spray and the device that they're using mm. yeah. yeah yeah and and nobody on an adjoining property should have to put up with the spray coming from a neighbor's property yeah yeah so yeah i would just be sure that that doesn't and the chicken happen. comments and wendy from two rocks uh her grandmother had chickens and a couple of tips are to get chickens through the malt season Feed like adding them, them a bit of meat, an ounce yeah, of meat an a day. an ounce of meat a day. And mm. we were going to talk with Megan about that. Um, so we'll do that in the next the next segment. And also something about putting them under a milk crate and moving it around the lawn, but also keeping them wet. So I'm going to follow up on that because I, I don't understand... What the, the theory, theory behind, behind it is. Yeah, um, but thank right. you for your comments, Wendy. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And we're, yeah, gives us something to to look up. Or maybe I can give that to John to do. <laughs> Just throw it to John. Yeah. And yeah. one more. Uh, Lola has written in and she says, Hi, Faye and Ray. I have onion weed and managed to control it by cutting it back to ground level, spraying with beta weed and covering with weed control material. And it worked. However, the gentleman um, called may have a bigger challenge because he has a very large area adjoining a creek. But mm. thanks for your program. I listen every week. Well, thank you, Lola. Appreciate your comments. Okay. Look, thanks to Bev Daring and John Glidden. Uh, Jim Crine in this next with the classic 70s. It's been a nice morning. Feels nice to be back. And so much going on in the garden and continuing. It's an exciting time of the year, guys. Oh, so it's just going glorious. forward. I know. Don't we just love it? Breath of fresh air. All right. My gardenism for the morning is in his garden, every man may be his own artist without apology or explanation. Do you like that? I do. Good. Okay. Happy gardening, everyone. Enjoy this gorgeous weather. Look after yourselves. We'll be chatting with you again next Saturday morning at 8am. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.